Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Thursday is Thanksgiving, but we need to realize that every day should be uh, Thanksgiving Day. And that's why the message is entitled, When Thanksgiving Becomes Thanks Living. Every day, focus. So uh, we'll focus today's passage on that. But uh, the little video reminded me of a story, which you may have heard before, but it bears repeating, uh, that a, a man passed away, was a Christian man, went to heaven. The angels met him at the gate and walked him through, and they went to the first room, and there was a lot of noise going on. And the guy looked in there, there was just dozens and dozens of angels just feverishly working away. And, uh, and the guy said to the angel, what's going on here? He says, well, this is the receiving department where all the prayers and requests from earth are brought here to heaven. He said, oh, that's nice, nice and busy. So they went to the next room, and it was equally busy. And the angel's doing it, and he said, well, what's this room? He says, well, this is the packaging and delivery uh, section where we send the prayer request back down to earth, the answers to prayer, and it's a very active thing. Well, they began walking a little bit later, and things began a little quieter, and they went to one more room, and there was one little angel sitting in there, and he was playing, uh, playing on his video game, just kind of cruising. And uh, the guy said, what's going on here? He says, well, this is the acknowledgement department. And unfortunately, most people don't give their thanks back to the Lord for all the prayers and the blessings that they have. Well, I hope you will not forget uh, something uh, for us. thanks. Thanks should be an uh, everyday part of our lives and an aspect of that. Well, here's a couple of verses I want us to just kind of uh, give a foundation for. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So give thanks to, for everything. And then our state of, of being here, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of Christ, and Christ of God in Christ Jesus for you. So God's will for us is to give thanks. And why is it so hard for us to say thanks? Now, maybe not so much for you, but for a lot of people, just having that word thanks. Many of you, especially if you are uh, literary buffs, remember the writer and author Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling. Well, during his time, he was one of those authors that actually made some money. He was very popular, very wealthy, because his writings were just really accepted well. And so one day, a, uh, a reporter came up to him. Now, you would think when somebody is doing as well as they are and they're encouraging and they're helpful, that nobody would be uh, critical of them. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, every, there's somebody out there to be critical about everything. Well, he walked up to Rudyard Kipling and kind of in a rather sarcastic manner and says, well, I hear that your writings are being well received. And you know, the, the latest uh, report is, is that 
you make so much money for your writings that they're worth $100 a word. And Rudyard Kipling, you know, a little taken aback, not knowing who this was and what was going on, he said, well, you know, apparently I didn't realize that. I just didn't know that. And so the, uh, the kind of smart aleck uh, reporter pulled a $100 bill out of his pocket and says, give me one of those $100 words. And Roger Kipling was kind of stunned, but then very nicely reached out, grabbed it, and said, uh, thanks, and put it in his pocket. Well, thanks is more, worth more than $100. Uh, it is immeasurable, and it's something that we should focus on uh, constantly and thankfully. So what does it take for us to turn thanksgiving into thanks living? Well, there's a lot of things, but today we're going to talk about thinking thankfully, talking thankfully, and acting thankfully. So uh, as we look at these, again, some of this, you have to, Paul, we've got a little bit of a delay in sometimes in this. All right, so thinking thankfully. So the first thing is we need to take every thought captive. If you're going to think thankfully, then you have to gauge what comes in your mind and what, what stays there. Let's look at a couple of verses of Scripture that will help us here. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish every arguments, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Well, if our minds aren't focused on Christ, if we're not allowing Him to, to guide us to be obedient, then your mind's going to wonder because the world around us, unless you're living a hermit's lifestyle, there is criticism and negativity everywhere. You can't turn on a, a television station or an Internet site and not see that. You can't walk down the streets and not hear people complaining, unfortunately. So uh, what's the uh, solution to this? Well, Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds, your thoughts, in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. We've got to take captive and be intentional about our thoughts, being focused on that. Uh, second thing is it requires the proper perspective. Many times we have this sort of entitlement uh, mentality, which is not to be for Christians. We're to be humble, thankful, and understanding all things according to God's viewpoint and his will, not ours. Let's look at a couple of verses here. We, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8 says, Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can bring, take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with that and with these we should be content. You see, too many of us think that we should be living in a, certain house or driving a certain car or dressing a certain way, eating certain foods, being treated a certain way for, for whatever reason, you know, 
just for being American or, or being whatever. But you see, we need to get the proper perspective in the things of this life so that when we look at situations, maybe certain things come to us, whether it's a gift or whether we consider it something negative and, and harsh, we should realize we need to have the proper perspective that God is in control and that it's his will that is being accomplished and not ours. There was a young lady whose name was Susie, and uh, she graduated from high school, went away to college. Well, the college was far away, so she wouldn't be able to be back until the end of the school year. But close to this time of the year, close to Christmas, uh, uh, during the, the finals time, she wrote a letter to her mother. And she said, Dear Mom, I'm doing much better now since my broken arm and broken leg are healing well because I had to jump out of the second floor of the dormitory because it was burning down. But thankfully, there was a young man who was a service station attendant next to her who saw the fire, called it in, and he pulled me away. Well, I've stayed in the hospital for a few weeks, and he visited me every day. And Well, because the dormitory was burned out, he offered to let me live with him. So I moved in with him, and unfortunately, Mom, I, I'm expecting a baby. Uh, but he said that as soon as he gets off parole and gets a divorce, that he is going to marry me. And we're going to, it's all going to be fine. So don't worry, Mom. Yours truly, Susie. Well, I don't know what happened to the mother, but a few uh, inches down was a P.S. Dear Mom, nothing I said above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and I flunked chemistry. But I wanted you to look at it in a proper perspective. Well, we need to have a proper perspective when difficulties come our way. We may say, well, God, why did you let this happen? Why does this happen? Why don't I have this? Why can't I have what they have? Well, we need a proper perspective. And, and taking every thought captive, put it in a proper perspective, and then thirdly, focusing on what God has done and said. That is going to help you to think very thankfully. Let's see what these verses said. Old Testament 1, Psalm 9, 1. I will give thanks to the Lord for my whole heart. I will recount or I will tell all of your wonderful deeds. So we need to focus on all that God has done. In Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, there are dozens of more scriptures that I could give you that show us what God has done for us and what he has said to us. And if we will focus on what God has said and what God has done, then it will matter very much less what the world says and does to you, even a friend or a family member. If we will focus our attention not on other humans, which are fallible and fail, but on God, who is perfect, and on our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we think of what he's done for us, it should cause us to take captive those thoughts and submit to God and begin thinking thankfully. Well, that's just the first one. We need to also uh, 
may have to go back. No, we're going to get it here. Talking thankfully. Now, it's two different sources. We talk thankfully to God, and then the next one will be to people. But let's look, first of all, take first things first to God. Psalm 95, 1 through 3, and these are two of my, some of my favorite psalms. Come, let us shout joyfully to the Lord. Shout triumphantly to the rock of our salvation. Let us enter his presence with thanksgiving, and let us shout triumphantly to him in psalm. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. And then Psalm 100 continues the theme, Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We're his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, there are dozens of more psalms that we could pull from and other verses of Scripture. But you see here, we're putting together uh, praise, thanks, all that God has done, and, and, and joy in our hearts. We need to be consistently, intentionally, and deliberately talking to God in thanks through our prayers, through our daily life. We just need to become more aware of every moment. You take the next breath. <sighs> Did you pay for that? Did you pay God for that? Did you earn that? No. It's a gift. We should be thankful for everything that we have and quit looking at what we don't have but be thankful for what we do have. Because what we do have is more important than what we don't have. So let's talk thankfully to God, but also let's talk thankfully to one another, to people. Hebrews 10, 24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Our words to other people should not be critical, negative, and judgmental. Now, that doesn't mean we never disagree with them or never bring up an error. But we are to talk to people in a way that spurs them on, that encourages them to do what is right, especially if they're doing what is not right. But we do it in love, and you spur one another on. And Ephesians 1, 15 through 17 says this, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You see, if we truly want to move from just thanksgiving day to thanks living each and every day, we have to not only think thankfully, but we must talk thankfully to God first, but also to one another. The greatest gifts that you can give to your friends, your family, and co-workers is the gift of encouragement, of encouraging, uplifting words, wise words, words that are based upon biblical teachings and encouragement, not judgment, not negativity, but of encouragement. I want us to spur one another on. And as we go through our life, each one of us here are dealing with various things, Almost every one of you here has some sickness in your family, maybe yourself, maybe a financial issue, 
uh, in your personal life as we financially do here at the church. Maybe it's at your, your job or the situation. But we need to be thinking and talking thankfully and making that our attention, make that intentional and deliberate and consistent. But there is one more. Uh, that is acting thankfully. It is one thing to think and talk, but your actions need to carry that out. You need to talk, walk that talk. And there's three little things, and you'll, you'll probably catch a theme here. Sacrificing our time. So we will focus on our time. And, of course, time is what it takes for us to do something. You can't do anything if you don't have time. So Psalms 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. John 9, 4. That's from our book that we've been studying all year. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. So time matters to God. Ephesians 5, 16 says, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, we should think, thankfully. We should talk, thankfully. But we need to put it into practice by utilizing our time, sacrificing our time, so that it's not just all for our pleasure, not for our benefit, not for our business, our family, uh, things, but they are that we are place, redeeming the time and numbering our days so that we can use each and every day to serve the Lord, to act in ways that reflect Jesus Christ and that honor Him. So your time is important. How you spend it, it should be spending that time in actions that reflect a life of thanksgiving. But also, serving through our talents. Now, if you uh, have been awake for the last six months, you may be catching a trend here. The last one was time. This one's talents. Can you guess what the next one's going to be? Treasures. Man, you're, you're sharp. You're sharper today. Some of you are anyway. Wake up the rest of you. Serving. Through our talents. So our time and our talents. That's the team T3 that I've been talking about since June of, of stewardship in every area of your life. Time and talents. Let's see what it says in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork or workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we were created. We've been given gifts to do good works. 1 Peter 4, 10, 11 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Beautiful verses of scripture here that clearly indicate that we are to serve using our talents. And that is an act of thanksgiving. Whenever you use your talents and your gifts to the Lord, it is an act of thanksgiving. And you bring glory to God. Everybody here has some kind of talent. Lost people have talents. We should be using those for the Lord. But if you're a believer here today, if you're a born-again Christian, 
you have at least one, maybe more, spiritual gifts. You need to identify those, you need to develop those, and you need to deploy those gifts. You're gifted for a purpose. You've heard the old saying, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Well, you won't necessarily lose your spiritual gift, but you will lose the vitality of your ministry. The church will hurt. Your family, our community, our nation, God's kingdom will be diminished if you, if every one of you here, no matter how young, there's a lot of young folks here, middle-aged and older folks, every single person, you need to be using your gifts and your talents, even how small as they are, to do something for God. Be thankful. Take the time and use your talents in a way that shows you truly are thankful. It matters. Well, our last one, again, time, talents, and what is the next one, you guess? Nah, that's not it. Yes, it is. Okay, sharing our treasures. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his or her heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So the third area that we're talking about here is our treasures, our finances. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people use this verse to say, well, since I can't give cheerfully, I'm just not going to give it all. Now, that's a cop-out, huh? We are to give. We, 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 each one must give. So it's not an option to give. It's just that we need to decide to not to give. And that's why I try not to do too much heavy-handed pressure to pressure you to give because it says right there, don't do it. But I want to remind you that Jesus has said this. God has requested that we give. Luke 6.38, a, a promise here. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. God wants us to give generously. And then Acts 20, 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of our, the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, read it with me if you can read that low. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, the thing is, do you believe that? It's more blessed to give than to receive. Because if that is true, if you think that way, and you're talking about it, then you're going to act that way. You're going to act that way with using your time wisely, your talents effectively, and your treasures uh, efficiently and as good stewards of God's manifold grace. So, let's revisit verse Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Everybody says they, they want to know God's will. Well, duh. It, it doesn't take anybody, a first grader, that can read that. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's the first thing. You start doing that, and I guarantee you God is going to reveal to you whatever else he needs you to know. But if you can't do this, how can you expect him to honor Something that, that's disrespectful to him. You see, authentic and genuine followers of Christ, which is our goal, that we should think thankfully, talk thankfully, and act thankfully. That's, and then, 
is when thanksgiving will turn into thanks living. See, but it's a choice that you have to make. It's a choice whether you're going to think, talk, and act thankfully. Of course, it all is dependent upon whether you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ, you've never made a, a personal decision, not just been baptized or confirmed or something, but you have made an intentional decision where you have confessed your sins, asked Jesus in your heart, surrendered to him, and been born again. If you haven't done that, today is the day to do that. In just a few moments, we're going to have an invitation time. We'll all have our heads bowed and eyes closed. Nobody be looking. We'll embarrass you, not force you to do anything. But if you're not sure of your salvation, I want you to stand up and come down here to talk to Pastor Adam and myself, and we'll pray with you and uh, help give some affirmation to that. Others of you here may be Christians. The bulk of you are Christians. But are you truly thinking, talking, and acting thankfully? Or are there some negative, critical, judgmental words that's coming out of your mouth that's forming in your brain and that's being lived out in your actions. Let's make a commitment here and now to begin thanks living day every day of our life so that we can bring honor to God and to show him thanks. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.